The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Dave Hawkins, and you're checking into The Antidote. I have from 1 to 200 emails showing up on my inbox every day. Three quarters of those are from artists, promoters, and record labels sending music that they want me to give a listen to. Many of them don't fit the Christian music format of The Antidote, and some others really just aren't very good. But every day there's bound to be quite a few that I really do enjoy. And sometimes the music is exceptional. That was the case with Jojo Worthington, a Canadian artist who now lives in Montreal. You'll be hearing her new songs later on in the show. But I always want to find out about an artist's early music. That's where our opener came from. Just a small portion of the song Argument from Jojo's TCYK release. So right now, let's bring in my talk with Jojo in one of her earliest songs, Amadeus. It's a pleasure to have the one and only Jojo Worthington here on The Antidote. Jojo, thanks so much for coming for a talk. Yeah, thank you for having me, Dave. I have to say, I wasn't exaggerating when I said about you being the one and only. (laughs) Seriously, I'd call your style unique. Mm. But you have to tell us, does that make it easy for you to stand out from the crowd? Oh, thank you. Um, I don't know how to answer that, honestly. I am inspired by so many different kinds of music. And one time I got a a music award for being the most eccentric. It was like the most eccentric music. (laughs) Is that a polite way of saying strange? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But I'll take it, you know. Um, But I write like... From being inspired and uh, that's kind of what happens so but I don't think I am the one and only Jojo Worthington I think there actually is another person out there at least I saw on TikTok that 
somebody else is named Jojo Worthington. Um, happy to be the one and only Jojo Worthington here right now. You know, before we get too deep into this, maybe you can tell us how and when did Jojo Worthington first get into making music? Mm-hmm. I always loved music, like from a very young age, and my parents put me in music lessons. I think I started violin lessons when I was four years old. So music has just always been a part of my life. I didn't really start writing music until I was about 13 or 14. And I remember I would write little songs, like write down the lyrics and like have a little melody in my head. Mm-hmm. But I... I remember like thinking about the arrangement in my head and like how the instruments would play and the backing track to the song, but I had no idea how to make that happen. And then when I was 14, my older brother bought me an acoustic guitar and I just started writing songs like that. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Well, the earliest of your releases that I could find mm-hmm. is the Soon EP from 2012. <laughs> yes, yeah. The song Amadeus, to me, was mm-hmm. the standout track. Mm-hmm. It's about a rocky relationship. <laughs> but I figured this out, and you were just 18 when that came out. Mm-hmm. So at that point, did you have much experience with that kind of situation? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, I was actually 16 when I wrote that song. Um, Like, obviously, is about, like, a boy that I liked. And we were in a relationship in high school. Uh, But, yeah, (laughs) just went a little overboard with the lyrics. And I remember that was the first song I ever wrote with uh, the ukulele. That one just came at, like, 3 in the morning in one hour, I think. It happened very quickly. That was like divine intervention, because I don't know how that happened, really. So, yeah. <laughs> you approached it from the over there. Maybe it was the way you stood, but I thought you were nice. Thought you were cool, so we went and got married right after school. Moved to California that day. You were never, ever the same, so I went outside and climbed a tree. I'm just trying to tell you that I'm
so long since I last heard you sing a wedding song. Next day I picked up the paper to read, and the headlines scream the death of Amadeus. Goodbye, Amadeus. I'm gonna miss our lives. I'm gonna miss our fights. Goodbye, Amadeus. I'm gonna miss our lives. And when we said, radiate some heat against me, my toes are getting cold beside yours. I said, radiate some heat against me, my toes are getting cold beside yours. Goodbye, You mentioned the ukulele. Now, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of artists use a ukulele, but the difference is, is that with you, you play it like a master. So you've uh, always wanted to use that? No, I I actually started writing songs with guitar. Um, and then in high school, yeah, I, like everyone was into ukulele and like, you know, being like pixie dream girl from like, Zoe Deschanel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I got it into it because of that. And then I was like, oh, I actually like I'm feeling very inspired by this little instrument. And I felt like it suited me better being small and me also being small. Yeah, I just kind of went with it. And I've been playing it for quite a long time now. But I'm considering going back to the guitar and I... I think this summer I'm going to start like relearning and maybe incorporating it into my live set. Being small is a relative term. (laughs) You got to give us the truth. How tall are you? I'm five foot one and a half. So, and the half, you know, it makes a difference. Well, I did have one artist on who was four foot ten. So you're well beyond that. Wow. You know, the Seven album gives a great example of your ukulele playing on the Pool of Bethesda. Hmm. I find it interesting. A line from the song says, This dysfunction leads me to one place, back in your arms, where I belong, in that perfect place. So it's obvious that your Christian faith comes up in your music, Mm -hmm. but would you consider it to be a key part of it? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I think about that verse in Colossians, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. That verse has always really stuck with me and something I've always wanted to make sure is very foundational, I guess, in my career, because I wouldn't be where I am today or even be being interviewed by you today if it wasn't for what God has done in my life. And I'm very inspired by the Bible and my relationship with God. So, yeah, my spirituality just kind of flows out when I write music because I write about the things that are important to me. Yeah, I I like to write about spiritual warfare because I know that being a Christian is not always a happy, good time. 
yeah, there's a lot of like complications and and yeah, spiritual warfare and like confusion that is always going on in in my head and in my heart. So yeah, I, I like to write about that. You mentioned about Colossians inspiring you. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing is, is that each of your releases carry a tag in the credits, and it says, thank you, creator, mm-hmm. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Yes. Why choose that verse in particular? I guess what I'm asking is, how does it speak to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always been a very important scripture for me. I've like always had dreams of being in music and having like a successful financially viable career in music. Isn't that a fantasy world? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a little bit. Yeah. At this point, I'm not sure like, yeah, <laughs> with Spotify and just the way the world is, you know, going. But um, yeah, that verse, it doesn't start out very hopeful. Um, but to me, it is hopeful because it's like, even though all of these things are happening and things aren't perfect, and there's a lot of emptiness inside, I know that the promises of God are true, and I know that He's going to take care of me, and I know that, yeah, I have nothing to worry about when He's on my side. So those verses give me a lot of hope to keep going and to keep pursuing this career and keep pursuing God, essentially, as well.
Pool of Bethesda doesn't actually tell the biblical story, but it's obviously inspired by it when the song says, This dysfunction leads me to one place, back in your arms where I belong. Jojo Worthington seems to give a twist on her stories of faith, especially on Alien. Let's hear about that. It's nice that you're honest about your faith that way. Mm-hmm. Because I do have some artists on who everything is bright and sunshiny, and they don't <laughs> acknowledge that they have some tough days and hard times. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool if it is like that for them, for real. <laughs> uh, it hasn't been the case for me, you know, Everyone's a little different, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of hard days, for sure. And I think if any Christian ever tells you they don't have a hard day, they're not being very honest. Some people's faith is like just unmovable, I guess, though. So Maybe they're living in a concrete bunker. Maybe. <laughs> I heard that it wasn't too long ago that you took a plunge by leaving Kitchener-Waterloo to move to Montreal. Yeah. Was that a life changer for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I was actually living in Banff before the pandemic. Weren't you spoiled? Yeah. <laughs> it was very beautiful and amazing. And I was there for school. You know, I was kind of like on a, a stipend program mm-hmm. with the school. Yeah, so... I was there for school, but then the pandemic kind of cut my program in half, and uh, we were all kind of forced to leave very quickly. I had moved my entire life there to Banff. I, I didn't really wasn't thinking about you know where I was going to go next, and the pandemic kind of made me think about that very quickly. And yeah, I've always wanted to move to Montreal and see what it was like here. It's like the music mecca of Canada. So I just kind of went for it to to see what it would be like. And it's been really amazing. And I'm really thankful for the city. And I'm, yeah, I really like it. I'm really enjoying it here so far. What a drastic <laughs> change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Moving from Banff, probably the prettiest spot on the entire planet. Yeah. In a small area set in the middle of the mountains and the forest and the wildlife. And you moved to metropolitan Montreal. Yeah. It was a big change because I actually was living right downtown when I first came here. And not a ray of sunshine came through my window. And it was just like, couldn't even see the sky. Like, no trees. Just a cement wall, like, right out the window from another building. And it was, like, really hard. To go from Banff, where like you just wake up to look at mountains and there's elk grazing outside your window, to uh, yeah, concrete jungle. But I got through it and I got a new place that has some trees now, so it's not as bad. <laughs> You're speaking about your faith, mm-hmm. and I do find it interesting, Jojo, that you bring different views to stories or beliefs that Christians are generally familiar with. Mm -hmm. Like on the Two Lines EP, when the song Alien says, three in one, alien, sent from the mountaintop, sent from the mountaintop, we're waiting for, settling scores, with fistfuls of nothing. 
raise your hands for the plants that nursed us long ago. Here he comes from the sun down to the valley. What were you thinking? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking a lot about the story of the Old Testament when I wrote that. Thinking about how holy God is in the traditional sense of the word as like set apart and being so different from humankind, being an alien almost. I like thinking about God that way. I mean, Jesus was 100% man as well and like endured every temptation that humans have ever known. But thinking about God as an alien, uh, <laughs> this is some theologians going to listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, what, <laughs> what is she talking about? Um, but just in that song, like thinking how like important relationship with humans are to God and that he was willing to come down to humble himself as a servant, come down to the valley just to know us. So yeah, that's what I was thinking about. And yeah, again, thinking about the story of the Old Testament and all the ways that God adapted to human behavior in order to get to know us more and like getting to know them this way didn't work. Maybe I'll send a prophet instead and like kind of going back and forth that way. So yeah, and I think I was also sort of thinking about a post-apocalyptic, sorry, my words are, it's really hard to speak <laughs> today, um, but world and uh, how like machines and electronics have really taken over our lives and how it also affects our spirituality being so engulfed in technology. So I was thinking about that as well. It's not really like a story. I guess like that song is more about a bunch of thoughts and like a vision that I, I sort of had at one point. I'm Jojo Worthington and you got the antidote.
You know, something I find hilarious about you, Jojo, is that you choose the most unusual titles for your releases. <laughs> like simply calling one the number seven. Mm-hmm. And then two lines is actually just two backslashes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you brought out TCYK. So like, are you having fun just dreaming up album titles? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not trying to be like a quirky, like unique person by doing that. I just thought those would be cool names to try out. And like, I was really inspired by, I guess, the way it would look on an album to call it that. Um, I have a hard time like choosing titles, I guess, for songs. And uh, so I, I just kind of go with like, we'll just go with like usually a lyric from the song or something like that, unless I want some other meaning to come across. I chose seven because it's the number of completion. I get it. And it's used so much in the Bible. So I did choose that number just because of that. And because that whole album is kind of just like a journey of my spirituality at that point in my life. And then Two Lines was all about relationships and how we are kind of running parallel to people in our lives. And sometimes we won't intersect with those people. Just about like, I guess how like my life is so similar and different from your life, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And our paths have crossed for this interview, which is lovely. And then we will both go on with our lives and maybe meet again in the future. But just how connections and relationships influence our lives. Yeah, I forget where the two dashes came from. I think I was signed to a label when I released that. And I think that was partially their idea because I was going to call it two lines based on the song two lines in the album. But I have been asked before if that was like a cocaine reference. <laughs> oh, I never would have thought about that. <laughs> I know. I didn't think about it either. Uh, but I was like, no, not at all. So far from that, actually. <laughs> yeah. And then the company you keep was based on something my friend Janessa had been talking to me about. You know, kind of going back about the theme of relationships and bringing that theme back and how the people we surround ourselves like deeply influence us and what we think in our worldview and political identity and and so on and, and so forth. And the abbreviation for it, I think I was really inspired by Tiana Taylor's album, which is Keep That Same Energy, but it's K-T-S-E. So I liked that. So I wanted to try it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But actually, my distributor didn't let me do it for some reason. So for some things, like some places, it'll be the abbreviation. But on Spotify, I think it's spelt out completely. Well, let's stay with the abbreviation. Yeah, let's do it. TCYK seems to be the EP that drew the most attention. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love the EP. But you're the creator, so do you have the reason for why it was noticed above the rest? Um, no, I have no, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm probably the most proud of that album. I think it is 
a better demonstration of the music that I want to make and make in the future and the direction I was going into. But I don't know why some albums do better than others. Uh, For me, it's kind of just been like a steady, like very, very slow slope, I guess, going upwards, hopefully. I do like what one reviewer said. TCYK is a magnificently textured exploration of Worthington's experience as a woman navigating tumultuous relationships as orchestral and electronic sounds blend, creating serene walls of sound that complement intimate narratives. That really is a perfect description of your music. Hmm. Something else is, I've often seen your songs called Experimental Folk. Do you think that title is accurate? Uh, yes and no. I don't ever really know how to describe my music because it keeps changing because I'm keep getting inspired by different things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Two Lines was definitely like experimental folk. Um, but I don't think I could say the word folk next to TCYK. I would say that's more electronic pop, maybe a little more art rocky. And I think that's more of the direction I'm going into now. But I do write like a lot of songs narratively and like maybe in like a folk structure. I used to like be more folky. So yeah, I don't really know like what is the right way to describe it uh, at this point. (laughs) Is that always your thought that your style will continue to evolve? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like during the pandemic, I was listening to a lot of different music that I I hadn't listened to before. For example, Elliot Smith. I had oh, yeah. never really given him a listen before. And suddenly I was trying to write songs like Elliot Smith, which is where the divide and birthday kind of came from. So, yeah, I think it'll always evolve as long as music keeps coming out. I think it'll always change a little bit. It's a terrible thing to admit, but you and I both know that our society is still misogynistic. Hmm. Was that the purpose of recording the song Synchronize? Yes. Yeah, totally. Wow, you're picking up on so many good things that people never ask me. (laughs) That's very refreshing. Um, yeah, that song is about misogyny for sure. And being a woman who like uses a lot of electronics and, you know, guitar pedals and stuff, I, I got a lot of comments from men and from like sound guys that did my, my live shows. And a lot of them assume that I don't know what I'm doing. And some have even said, you don't know what you're doing to me. Yeah, and, you know, the whole theme about the company you keep is, like, relationships. But I was thinking about, like, yeah, my experience as a woman and dealing with male relationships that I have in my life. And often we forget that women have created the whole population on Earth. You're here today, and I'm here today because a woman birthed us, you know? Mm -hmm. And... I was thinking a lot about like the womb and how like 
it's such a beautiful, safe place. And then once we get out in the world, it suddenly becomes a man's world. Yeah, just the contrast there and losing respect for women and, and mothers and I guess the, the feminine influences on our life.
I appreciate that Jojo has this continually evolving style. And that was very noticeable on what we just heard, one of my favorite songs called Synchronize. Jojo has been keeping busy with new music, and she and I speak about that next. So here we are. We've worked through a whole decade of music to bring us up to date. So. Wow. Yeah. You've released a pair of songs from your upcoming release, Baptized One. Mm-hmm. Birthday was the first song I ever heard from you. That's what made me get in touch with you. Wow. What about telling us the story behind the song? Yeah. Um, I wrote this during the pandemic, and my best friend, who also inspired me with the company you keep, she's like my muse, honestly. Uh, she inspires me so much, and she's just going through a hard time. I had moved to Montreal, and uh, she lives in Kitchener, where I'm from, and I missed her a lot and couldn't really be there for her the way I used to be. And I was just thinking about like all the times in high school when we would go through these things and we would just like sit in the car for hours and talk. Just thinking about how simple our lives were. And yet at the time we thought our lives were so complicated. But, you know, when you're older, you look back on those times and think like, oh, we didn't even know anything back then. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about those memories and how she had grown up as a, a Christian, but it wasn't a very personal relationship, knowing God with her. And she had become a Christian recently, like before I wrote the song. And just thinking about how, like, you know, all those times when we were in distress and all those times throughout high school and her whole life, like the Holy Spirit was always there guiding her. And because I can say the same for my life too, like there's so many times in my life where I can see how God was guiding me through those times and how beautiful that is, that all those bad things that happened to me have led me here. And I'm very thankful for that that God uses bad things to give us, you know, beauty in our lives. Oh, 
It was so cool to hear the story of Jojo's friend becoming a Christian and how it became the song Birthday. Jojo Worthington is certainly an artist worth paying attention to. Another artist who needs to be heard is Tomorrow's End. This rock outfit is wild. Now get this. Their debut release is 40 songs on four albums, all released simultaneously. (laughs) So, yeah, they definitely have a story to tell, and you'll hear it next week on The Antidote. To finish the night, we'll head back to Jojo for her insight into her new single, The Divide. See you next week. You've spoken a couple times about some of the darkness that you find in your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So I want to close up our talk with a song that's probably the darkest one I've heard from you. Mm. A verse of the Divide says, And now death walks in, lets himself into the house, sits down, and you think that you're infinity, till he draws his knife, and you draw your heart to his submission, and crawl into the lion's mouth. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? <laughs> Yeah, it does sound very dark. <laughs> um, that came from frustration over COVID, just I guess with the frustration I felt hearing about anti-maskers and people who just didn't have like any respect for others during the pandemic. Uh, it also came just from a, a story I had heard in Toronto. A guy was like speeding like an insane amount and had, you know, accidentally killed two people. Just like the ignorance you have and thinking that like you're untouchable because you think it's all about you and it's all about how you feel. That's just not true. Like your actions deeply influence and affect others. So just about that and also kind of in reflection of my own actions and what I do to affect others positively and negatively. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about death in the sense of like evil and, you know, Satan and how one thinks like I'm untouchable and, you know, and I'm fine like doing this. And then you're suddenly not because what you're doing is evil And then you become stuck in something dark. And just like, you know, how a lot of people were very confused over the pandemic on like what to believe and like who to believe and what was right and what was wrong. That division really affected me because I didn't know either what exactly to believe and, and what not. So it's all kind of about that. But I honestly, like, it's funny, like talking about my lyrics Honestly, like the words come from God because I, I don't know all the time like what exactly they mean. Sometimes I write them like in my subconscious and I don't know what the meaning of the words are until much later in my life. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just... I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't admit that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of having fun <laughs> writing music and sometimes... They end up sounding cool together, and sometimes it doesn't. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so on a happy note, mm-hmm. give us the important news. When does Baptize One release? Yeah, so I'm going to release that on July 7th, 2022. So, very soon. 
Does that mean you'll actually have a live debut show for that since we're not in COVID anymore? I will have a live debut show. I'm actually playing Ottawa's Blues Fest that exact day. So that's kind of going to be my album release. Wow. But I think I will plan like a proper album release later on in the summer. Jojo, I've loved this talk. Thanks so much for coming and sharing about your music. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Dave. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for all the great questions. Yeah, I don't get to talk about this stuff very often, so it's very refreshing. I can feel the drift between us, you and me in the divide. My hands are reaching out to you, you stand on the other side. You've grown up in your thinking that it's you. Change. I don't know what to 
Faces change, I don't know